Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to Drifter Sympathy on Feral Audio. To support this podcast and hear more of Emil's music, Go to holysons.bandcamp.com. I lived with my second guru two different times in Boston. First time, Jamaica Plain, must have been 94. We were still really young and still really bored, and it wasn't a very hospitable neighborhood at the time. There was one video rental place that we would just amble about in, and I ended up renting two kind of major films that have always stuck with me. One was Don't Look Back, about Bob Dylan's first UK tour. We'd sit around and smoke really bad Mexican weed and watch movies like this and just sort of delay the eventual shit hitting the fan. And there was a B-movie that I took off the shelf called Wild Guitar, brought it home, and I'd watch it in segments so that it kind of lodged its mythological meaning in my mind and created kind of a strange daydream nightmare in a mirror world. There's certain things about B-movies that are just so unrealistic or rendered so badly, you just kind of suspend your disbelief and laugh. But then there's other things, kind of like a bad evangelist preachings, where there's a double layer to every meaning. And something that seems, on one hand, completely inane or simplistic, behind it there's a second meaning that makes your stomach kind of churn. While Guitar was doing this to me, it was telling the story of a young boy that moves to L.A. to make it and kind of does. They turn him into sort of a Ricky Nelson-style teen idol, and they have cardboard cutouts of him with the guitar and record shops, and his manager, who's like the cigar-chomping corrupt devil, is played by his real-life father, who is actually putting Arch Hall Jr., this young actor, in the films to try to propel his musical career. So there's this weird double layer of things going on. There's something feels totally off and something feels super true about the myth that you're taking in. 
Churchill Jr.'s musical career never took off, and he just became a sort of bizarre memory in the minds of people who grew up watching these weird films. About 20 years later, I slid him into a Holy Son song called Look of Pain at the end that samples his performance in The Sadist. I have been hurt by others, and I will hurt them. I will make them suffer like I have suffered. I've already documented my obsession with Del Shannon and his life. I've always been haunted by 50s singers and thought maybe I should have been born into that time. But what would have been different? I would have just been abused and set aside just like all these guys the same way. Here's Ricky Nelson telling you that same story. I can't cry out loud I can't let them see me cry Cause they don't care if I live or die And it's a me, oh world Let me tell you it's a me, oh world When you need someone I sit in my room It's a room filled with gloom I sit and wait by the telephone But no one cares if I'm all alone And it's a mean old world Let me tell you it's a mean old world When you need someone Sometimes my friends don't understand me Sometimes they can be so rude All I hope is someday I find Someone to love my whole life through I walk down the street Hide my face from the people I meet They don't see the tears in my eyes It's a me, oh world. Let me tell you, it's a me, oh world. When you need someone, it's a me, oh world. When you need someone, oh, it's a me, oh world. Baby, I need someone. Oh, it's a me, oh. I use Ricky Nelson's pictures, the cover image for this cast, because look at his eyes. I mean, just like Del Shannon, he has what everybody wants, but it's not making him happy. 
when you watch interviews with Ricky Nelson, he really seems to be a completely self-aware, super sweet, genuine person. He talks about meeting Elvis and sitting around and them both being able to really uh, sort of share a sympathy for each other, having this special, rare friendship because they're so objectified and so alone. I love that each little teenage girl that was staring into Ricky's eyes on the posters up on their wall were actually sensing his true sweetness and how lovely and attentive he would be as their boyfriend. It wasn't just a Bieber or some, like, robotronic monster. They could see he was hurt, and they wanted to soothe him. So in the name of The Loser, which is our theme today, something I'm quite familiar with, let's go to Bob Trimble. Sorry if I caused you pain And I'll never 
I love how Bob Trimble just swooped in and perfectly personified exactly what we're talking about today. He sounds like he's singing with gritted teeth and is apologizing because he feels wrong inside. I think the myth of the loser is the one who whines and the one who, in ways society feels, deserves to lose. But the true black sheep is someone who does it to themselves.
The pressure is on today. It's Loner Legends 2, one of the pillars of our stronghold in record history, know-it-all didacticisms. So I'm coming in strong with Jimmy Campbell, my new arbitrary obsession. hyper-intellectual, beautiful woman and sneaking her down some spiral stairs into a small basement jazz club where Jimmy Campbell's playing a song like that and it just blowing her mind and Paul McCartney smiling like, yeah, this is the pride of Liverpool and then the woman never sees Paul McCartney again. He blasts off into fame and fortune and no one ever learns about Jimmy Campbell. He dies on some houseboat smoking cigarettes and eating like bread with the seagulls. Just to prove that Jimmy's self-consciousness and ability to go where no man wanted to go ever before, here's Half Baked, the title track off his second amazing record. If I'd have known what would happen, I would have stayed in bed. You know how it is when you get something in your head If anyone calls, say I'm dead I should have cried instead 
of smiling all day long But you know how it is when you're young You're so headstrong And you jump right in headlong You don't care from the liner notes of Jimmy Campbell's first record. As producer of BBC Two's Color Me Pop, I hear literally hundreds of records a year. A select few of these find their way into my personal record collection for future pleasure. One of them is Jimmy Campbell's. Success in entertainment is 50% a question of luck. Being in the right place at the right time. I hope Jimmy has come at the right time because there's a quality to his work that deserves the chance of being discovered by a lot of people. A TV audience such as the one who watches Color Me Pop usually only hears a song once, so artists selected to appear on the show must be able to communicate their songs immediately. Jimmy Campbell does just this, 
You can return to his songs and find something new to listen to every time. This quality belongs to very few songwriters. Don't just take my word for it. Discover Jimmy's magic for yourself. Almost in a painstakingly perfect rebuttal, on the same record that this guy is trying to advertise for, he writes a song completely deflating his chances, fatalistically understanding how the attempt to be intellectual on any level is not going to meet any ears. You really think anything has changed, but you haven't heard of Jimmy Campbell. Here comes another Vincent Van Gogh A madman with a pain pot But boy I'm free Now I know what I want to be With beating heart and shining eyes Home to all I was ready to smile I caught the train Walking road a thousand miles Ready to smile if someone should say not you again Here comes another Vincent van Gogh A madman with a pain pot But boy I'm free Now I know what I want to be My brother sent me presents every week Until his wife called it a day But I'm sure he'll come to see me When he knows they've been to take me away The children call me Wilfred the Clot A madman with a pain pot But boy I'm free Now I know what I want to be It's really hard for me to picture someone writing a song that good right now, man. It's so funny. It's so, like, ecstatically self-deprecating and very economical to make fun of yourself and every other would-be genius at the same time. There are two ways to support Drifter Sympathy. You can visit Distilled.com and get a 20% discount off of designer clothing and jeans. Distilled offers luxury-grade denim at an affordable price, utilizing the same fabrics, factories, and wash houses as the best-known brands and designers. Fuck. <laughs> uh, that's DSTLD.com with the promo code EMIL. The second way to support Drifter Sympathy is to visit holysons.bandcamp.com and buy any episode of Drifter Sympathy or Emil's Music. Thanks for your support. We're going to move into a totally different temperament of the same kind of loner. This is Greg Sage of the Wipers, an inventor of a totally different hallway of loserdom. 
Defined by pestilence and death, songwriters that try to stab themselves in the heart, Meriwether Lewis, and now Greg Sage.
Moving deeper into underdog history, this is Cletus Black and or Frank Ianni, two different artists that released the same record with different song sequencing. It was a private press record. I can find virtually nothing about it anywhere online, but it seems like two guys had a falling out while recording. Both released the same record in 1978. It's almost like some sort of bizarre offshoot of alternative country that never existed. shadowed Ricky Nelson, Brian Highland, originally known for making itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini a hit at age 16 in 1960. Pretty impressive. As his teen career faded, he went into some country hits not too dissimilar from Ricky Nelson, I guess. And then he cut this record that seems to define the loser genre. It's definitely not known or acclaimed. 
It does swing a little too far in the pathetic direction uh, by design. I think it's probably important to remember that Elvis had a certain kind of dangerous vibe. And Ricky Nelson being sort of a pioneering teen heartthrob was much prettier. It was kind of a new frontier. So he was marketed in what they might have thought was the appropriate way. It seems like Del Shannon really defined the true loser, the jilted kind of guy in the corner that wanted to hurt his opponent. Here's Brian Hyland doing his slightly safer version of the underdog and what probably should have been a total hit. Could have been like a Stone Ponies number one right there. Here's a near terrible sort of stock theme song for Pathetic Losers, written by Bobby Goldsboro, that Brian Hyland is able to make into a, an actual genuine moment because he may actually be this sad. See the funny little clown, see him laughing as you walk by Everybody thinks he's happy cause they never see a tear in his eye No one knows he's crying No one knows he's dying on the inside Cause he's laughing 
on the outside. No one knows. No one knows. See the funny little clown. He's hiding behind a smile. a nice little private press curveball by Michelangelo, recorded in 1977, never released. It's called Sorcerer's Delight. Step into the world that you 
Another unknown underdog savior, this is Tandon Almer. Some sort of would-be songwriter behind the curtain. He was never technically discovered. He fell prey to some serious bipolar issues and disappeared completely. I have a feeling there's a really good story behind this guy, but for now all we have is these demos made for his label in 65 and 66. issue like this just creates a tiny crease of attention and then that fades away and we have to dig that up as its own revelation so before the tomb gets closed up again one more from Tandon Almer Thought you'd look me up when 
got back to town But just the thought of seeing you With another you found Really turns me around It's such a shame that you did me this way Well since you left I hear your name every day I only hope that this feeling won't stay I guess it won't go soon Super perfect loser states of mind, perfected for no one. We're going to close with Gary Stewart, probably the greatest country legend that never really was. Shot his head off with a shotgun. I love this man. Maybe that's the reason 
true eccentric that wasn't able to be corralled into having a career really that made any sense to the marketplace. Gary Sterrett was known for wearing three pairs of sunglasses at the same time. He sort of took the cliches of country music and reduced them to sort of a minimal avant-garde atmosphere. Every song revolves around sitting on a bar stool and drinking and thinking, but with a much more genuine attitude of true sadness than everybody else that's already covered this territory in country music. He's probably someone you could put in the category of being too genuine to actually succeed. Like, it's just not shallow enough. Virtually every song alluded to the love of his life, Mary Lou, who they were together for 43 years, and she was maybe even crazier than him in some way. When she finally died, I don't think he could relate to another human being in the same way. It sounds like she took care of him in, in so many ways, even packing his condoms before tour, as he said. Except for the woman waiting at home, they've all been the same. She has something no one else can possibly have. So at 58, he decides that the world isn't really worth his time without her. And I see this song, Empty Glass, as sort of his ultimate hanging up his hat and saying goodbye.
today. 